Greetings, this is Pastor Stan Harvey of the Pentecostals of Sydney. Thank you for joining us on our podcast. It is our hope that this message, whether it be a Sunday service or a midweek lesson, would be a blessing and a help to you in your spiritual journey. Stay connected with us on our website, posydney.com, or on our numerous social media platforms. Now to the service. wonderful words of you know we can we can all relate to those things that they have said as mums and it's also it's always wonderful to hear the perspective of a young mum of her challenges and an older mum that's been there done that right and still going through it we can all learn praise God so because of uh, time restraints right now if we could all stand this morning just for the reading of our word I wanted to honor my mum, who is no longer with us. Um, <clears throat> she was our rock. I honor her, she'll forever be in our hearts. And I wanna honor my mother-in-law who is here this morning, Sister Pura, is a tremendous blessing in our lives and the lives of my children. <clears throat> and also to honor all the mums that are here this morning. Praise God. If you could turn to your Bibles today, and turn to the book of First Samuel, chapter 25. For many years, I would, when I did the, the Mother's Day sermon, I would always speak about a woman in the Bible. And I haven't done that for many years. So when I was uh, prepping for the service uh, this week, I felt that um, God had laid on my heart a particular story in the Old Testament about the woman of Abigail. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with her story, but that's what I wanna speak to us for the next few moments about. And it reads, now there was a, a name in Maon whose business was in Carmel. And the man was very rich. He had 3,000 sheep and 1,000 goats, and he was shearing his sheep in Carmel. The name of the man was Nabal, and the name of his wife, Abigail. And she was a woman of good understanding and a beautiful appearance, but the man was harsh and evil in his doings. He was of the house of Caleb. When David heard that Nabal was shearing his sheep, David sent 10 young men. And David said to the young men, go up to Carmel, go to Nabal and greet him in my name. And thus shall you say to him who lives in prosperity, peace be to you, peace be to your house and peace to all that you have. And going down to verse 23 to verse 26, it says, and when Abigail saw David, she dismounted quickly from the donkey, fell on her face before David and bowed down to the ground. So she fell at his feet and said, on me, my Lord, on me, let this iniquity be and please let your maidservant speak in the ears and hear the words of your maidservant. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. Now, for those of you who are not uh, familiar with the story of um, Abigail all the time, at this time, uh, Samuel the prophet had just, had just died and they were in mourning. And uh, David had just you know, come back from the funeral. And at this time, David was actually on the run from King Saul who was trying to kill him. And so David uh, sets up camp in the desert of Maon where this man, uh, Nabal, was living in his family. And uh, he resides there with 600 of his men. And so he has 600 mouths to feed. That's a lot of mouths, 
right? A lot of people. And you see, supplies were running very low in the camp. And so, as we just read, he sends 10 men, 10 of his young men, thinking that that should be enough manpower to carry back all the food and, you know, all of the supplies that Nabal will give them. Um, to approach Nabal, um, who was this wealthy and rich man. So he tells his men, say to Nabal, peace and prosperity to you and your family. Tell him peace and blessings to your family and to everything that you own. Um, it was a festive time then. Uh, we just read that uh, it was sheep shearing time. And so in those days, it was a time of hospitality, a time of generosity in the community where you'd share with your neighbours um, and, you know, you share of, of the goods that God has blessed you with. And tell, tell him uh, that, you know, whilst his men were out in, in the desert, that we protected them, that we kept them safe, that nothing was stolen, ever stolen from them. Because back in those days, it was very common for bandits and thieves to be roaming around in the deserts, stealing from camps. So make sure you tell Nabal that. So he's telling his men to say this to Nabal. And tell him to ask his own men to give witness that what we are saying is true. And say to him, so would you be so kind to us to share any of the provisions that you might have on hand with your, uh, with your people and, and your son David? And so the 10 men go off and they relay this message to Nabal. Now, before I go into Nabal's response uh, to David's request, I want to explain to you who Nabal is and what type of a man he was. The name Nabal means fool or foolish. I'm not sure where, you know, he got his name from. I'm not sure what his parents were actually thinking when they named him Nabal. Like, you know, she's probably given birth. Oh, you look like a foolish kid. Let's name you Nabal. I don't know why he was, they were thinking that. Or maybe he may have acquired that name later on in his life. Who knows? But he certainly lived up to his name. He was a foolish man. So Nabal was a wealthy man, as we know. His possessions made him rich. There are many ways that you can be rich, rich in personality, rich in, you know, a character. But he was rich by his possessions. Okay, he owned property. He had real estate in Mayon. Uh, you know, maybe he had investments all over the countryside. It says that he had 3,000 sheep and 1,000 goats. And not only was he rich, but he was harsh and he was an evil man, evil in his doings. In another translation, it says that he was surly and mean. And when you look into that word, it means he was stubborn, he was difficult, he was cruel, he was abusive, um, and he was given to mistreating people. So maybe you know somebody who fits that description in your life or in someone else's life, in the workplace, you know, in the school. We have many Nabals around us. So David was dealing not only with this rich man, but he was a mean man. So when we go down to verse 10 and 11, it says, this is Nabal's response. He goes, then Nabal answered David's servants, the young men that he sent, and said, who is this David? Who is the son of Jesse? Now, David was well known throughout the land. Okay, he was a mighty warrior. He was the one that, that slew Goliath. Okay, he, there was many uh, stories about uh, David and his triumphs. And he's saying, who is David? Who is the son of Jesse? Like, hello, he even named his father. So obviously, he was insulting David. Okay, he knew exactly who David was. He goes, there are many servants nowadays who break away each one from his master. 
Shall I then take my bread and my water and my meat that I have killed for my shearers and give it to men uh, when I do not know where they are from? So he's implying that David was just another, you know, rascal in the desert, someone that's just broken away from his, his master. But see, David was on the run from King Saul because he was, he was running for his life, okay? So he wasn't like one of those rebellious ones that, he, that Nabal was implying that he was. You know, he was not a breakaway. In fact, Nabal was very self-centered when we can see in his, in his response. He was unkind. He was this man that was not generous. And everything was about me, myself, and I. It's my bread, my water, my meat. Why should I share that with people that I don't even know? See, he was not willing to part with, with his belongings or his things. And so David's young men return to him and tell him word for word exactly what Nabal had said to him. And so do you know what David's response was? Get your swords. Get your swords. Gird up. Come on, we're going to kill this guy. Now, that's not like David. That's not like the character we know of David, a man after God's own heart. You know, <laughs> he was patient. He was a worshiper. And here we see his, his response, get your swords. And he, not only that, but he takes 400 of his men with him. Man, he must have been angry. <laughs> Right? This is one man's response. Takes uh, 400 of his men while the 200, 200 are left at the camp. And so here we see that David, he was enraged when he heard back from, from his men about what Nabal had said to them. And he wanted to get even with Nabal. So David was not mucking around. Okay? He wasn't going there just to scare Nabal, but he was going to wipe out his entire family. Imagine 400 men plus David, going for one man. Have you ever been in a situation where someone has done wrong to you and you just wanted to pay them back with the wrong that they did to you? Maybe it was that person on the M5 that cut you out, <laughs> that cut you off and you just like speed up right next to them and then you cut them off. <laughs> I've, I think I've maybe done that once. <laughs> See, David, in his response, didn't even say, hold on, hold on. Did you say it to them like I explained it to you? Did you say it to them like, you know, you come in my name, peace and blessing to your families? Did you say it that way, guys? Did you? He didn't even ask them that. His defenses went straight up. His ego took a hard hit and David's pride began to rise up. And on top of all that, he was hungry. <laughs> they were asking for supplies, right? You don't want to get in the way of a, a man that's hungry. He was hungry, angry, hangry, okay? So he was that hangry that he, he gathered 400 of his men to go. So he was rash. He was not thinking. He was not thinking straight. He was very rash in that moment. And so he's acting on impulse and he's just doing and saying what's coming to his mind. And sometimes we're like that, right? We act on impulse. When, when uh, we're faced with an, an issue, when someone's stepped on our toes or someone's offended us and we just go straight to, all right, get your swords. Yep, get your swords. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to fight. I'm ready to argue. He let his emotions get the better of him and he acted on impulse. And so many of us, we let our mouths run. So this is not quite a, a Mother's Day message, I'm sorry. But I felt that when God laid this uh, 
message in my heart a few weeks ago. Um, he, it was about responses, okay, about how we respond in, in moments of conflict, in moments of crisis, because in life, we will go through things every single day, whether we're in school, in university, in the workplace, and in the church, okay? We have conflict in the church. And our response to what happens in those moments, our response is our responsibility, okay? How we respond to those issues is what counts. That's what's gonna count. So I, I wanted to look at the different responses in this story. I mean, David's thinking, how dare he? You know, does he even know who I am? And as I said, everybody knew David. But Nabal knew exactly who David was. He knew that he was soon to be king. Okay, David was not king yet. He was soon to be king and even knew David's father because he addressed it. He said, who is the son of Jesse? So when David tells them, get your swords, you know, just gird up, I'm sure there was no hesitation on their part. These men were hungry. They wanted food. They wanted to get the surprise supplies. So they were going to do exactly what uh, David said. They weren't going to talk any sense into him. They weren't going to say, you know, come on, think about it first. Think about it. Like, you know, don't you think that you're just rushing to, to too many conclusions and you, you need to think about this? None of them said that to him. And so uh, Nabal's servant, one of Nabal's servants, he gets wind of this. He, he's hearing the response of, of uh, Nabal. And so he runs to Abigail. Okay, so this is where Abigail comes in. And note here that he doesn't run to Nabal to warn him, but he runs to Nabal's wife, Abigail. And Abigail and tells her that her husband is being foolish you know, he's responded this way to David's request. Um, you know, he's being an idiot like he's always an idiot. You know, not thinking before he's speaking, no filter. And so her servant goes on to explain to Abigail and Dave, that David and his men um, were actually quite good to them, were good to, to their people. In fact, day and night, if you read it in the whole story, um, they were like a wall of protection for Nabal's men. Okay, so he's explaining to them, no, David is actually good. Him and his men, they're actually good. They, they actually, you know, protected us in the desert. But he's asking Abigail to think quick, you know, think quick. What, what are we going to do? Otherwise, we're going to die. You know, he's going to come and kill uh, Nabal and, and the family. So when we read verse 17, it says, Now therefore know and consider what you will do, for harm is determined against our master and against all his household, for he is such a scoundrel that no one can speak to him. In another translation, it says, he is so ill-tempered that no one can even talk to him. So if this man, uh, Nabal's servant, had gone to Nabal to warn that David and 400 of his men uh, were coming to kill him, you know, he probably would have just given a foolish response and gotten himself and his family massacred, slaughtered that day. Okay, so Abigail, the Bible says, introducing Abigail, was of beautiful appearance and of good understanding. So she was beautiful and she was intelligent. And she was quite a, a stark contrast for her, her evil and foolish husband, Nabal. And so some have wondered, how on earth did Abigail end up with this evil and foolish man, Nabal? 
back in those days, we have to remember that, you know, there were arranged marriages, and so they may have been an arranged marriage. They were part of their col the culture that day, um, in that day. And he was wealthy, so maybe, you know, his, her parents would have think, okay, he's wealthy, yeah, let's marry her off. I'm not sure. But there may be some Abigails here this morning, you know, who were married to Nabal's. You know, not out of their marriage, and I can see some giggles in the, <laughs> in the crowd this morning. Not out of their marriage being arranged, but out of their own choice. In verse 18, it says that she wasted no time. She made haste. And so she took 200 loaves of bread, two skins of wine, five sheep already dressed, five sears of grain, 100 clusters of raisins, and 200 cakes of figs. So she loaded up those donkeys. She gave exactly what David had requested, and she sent them down to go down before her. And so she tells her, her servants to go and, and lead and that she would follow shortly. So while all this is happening, she didn't tell her husband what she was doing. On the other hand, uh, you know, we have um, Abigail here. Um, you know, she's, she was thinking. She was thinking because she was intelligent, the Bible explains, right? So she was thinking really quick. So what she did was she, she loaded those donkeys up and then, she, you know, she sent them straight down because she knew that these men were hungry, right? So she, went to, she sent them down to appease him first. And, you know, sometimes, you know, uh, even if it's not our fault in situations, you know, sometimes humility is the best course of action because when we just read before in the scriptures before that, Abigail actually came down from her donkey and she asked for forgiveness, Right, even though it was not her fault, she was asking forgiveness on behalf of her husband. And Abigail, she had showed her great humility by humbling herself before David and asked him to forgive her husband's reaction to David's request. Okay, so she bows down to David and, you know, this catches David off guard. Okay, she was addressing David here like he was already king. David wasn't king then. You don't just, you know, some random's wife just, you know, comes and bows before you. No, you only do that to a king. And so she was already addressing his future, addressing his potential. Okay, this is the angle that she came in on. She was so smart in doing this because uh, what she was actually doing was she was uh, trying to, to direct um, David's anger, you know, away from the anger, away from the situation and to think, okay, yeah, I am next in line. You know, I am the future king of Israel. You know, what am I doing? <laughs> what am I doing? You know, do I want to kill this man, Nabal, and have this, you know, as part of my story, as part of my history? So in her humbleness, she had persuaded David to spare Nabal's life and his household from death. Could you imagine if she took a different approach, if she was you know, came more aggressive, because I know some wives are like, hey, that's my man. <laughs> that's my man. You don't mess with my man, right? She wasn't like that. She didn't approach him like that. She probably would have, like, you know, got her head chopped off straight away <laughs> in the Vol's presence, but she took the, the humble way, the humble route. Amen. See, the story of, and I have condensed it really, really short because it's 10.30 and I have to close. But in, in your own time, I encourage you to read the story of Abigail, Nabal, and David and, and read about the three different responses that they did in this life and death situation because we can take so much out of it. 
right? When we, hear, when we read about it, the, the simple message in this story is that our affections, our, sorry, our actions affect our outcomes, okay? Our actions, they affect our outcomes. This story points out to the important biblical principle that our actions do affect our outcomes. And we see it in the three different responses here. They gave three very different responses to the life and death situation that they were faced with. See, in the book of uh, Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 and 8, and very quickly um, as I'm coming to a close, do not be deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit reap everlasting life. So your actions, your responses, your attitude, okay, they have a huge effect on your life and the lives of those around you. Had it not been for Abigail's wise response to David, there would have been a senseless bloodshed. Hundreds of people would have lost their lives for no good reason. Okay, for no good reason, but for a bruised ego, because his pride, his pride was uh, so affected. So are you like Nabal this morning, someone, you know, who acts out of foolishness, uh, doesn't have a filter, and you know what, the, the scripture we just read about what you reap, you will sow, because when he sowed in foolish, foolishness, he reaped destruction, because at the end of the story, Nabal actually dies, because when Abigail tells her husband he was partying and he was drunk and he was carrying on. And so she, she decides to tell him the morning after that what she had done, how she had gotten all, all of this uh, food, sent it down to David and, you know, and acted on his behalf. And so he was shocked when he was told about this because this, he had no idea. And he was shocked. And the Bible says that his heart became like stone. So he may have suffered a heart attack or a stroke. So he sowed in foolishness and he reaped destruction. Or are you like David who sowed in rashness or impulse, not thinking of the outcome and almost reaped disaster? Or will you choose the way that Abigail went to respond with wisdom and humility? She sowed in wisdom and she reaped God's blessings. Amen. Because at the end of the story again, when you get to read it, she actually ends up marrying David. Okay, so Nabal dies 10 days after his heart attack, his stroke, and which leaves her to be a free woman. <laughs> David hears of this. He sends his men down, his servants, to, to go and get her. And she made no haste, the Bible says. <laughs> she made no haste. You know, she may have been in an unhappy marriage, because I, I can imagine it wouldn't have been a happy marriage if this guy's like foolish and evil and in his doings and whatever. So she reaped in wisdom and reaped in humility and humbleness, and God blessed her with that by taking her out of a horrible situation and, and placed her into God's blessings where David was. Amen. As Christians, we've been called to glorify, as the singers and musicians come up, we've been called to glorify God in our actions, our response, our conduct, in our attitudes, by following Jesus and living according to his word. Every day, we, we will deal with different situations, difficult people, hard circumstances, and that will require a response from us. In the workplace, in the schoolyard, in the university halls, in the staff meetings, people are watching how you respond. 
to the issues and circumstances going on in your circle, in your space, in your daily environment. Once people know that you are a self-professed Christian and a follower of God, all eyes are on you. All eyes are on you when people know that you are a Christian. Not only out there, but most of all in here, in your church, your church family amongst your brothers and your sisters. How are you responding to your brother who said something to offend you? or your sister that did something to upset you? Are you responding foolishly by cutting them off and avoiding them at all costs? Or are you like Abigail, who had the right spirit and the right attitude to be able to diffuse that situation as she humbled herself and asked for forgiveness, even though she was not at fault? You see, Abigail's choice of words, not just what she said, but it was how she said it, the right spirit behind it, the attitude behind it. That affected David so much, so much so that it turned David's heart. He realized that what he was about to do, the way that he was gonna respond and react to, to Nabal was not right in the eyes of God. And so in, in the scriptures, further on in the story, he says he thanked God for sending Abigail to change his mind, for turning this, what could have been a horrible situation into something that was good, amen? Abigail saved him from doing something that he would live to regret for the rest of his life. And this would have been on his conscience. And because he was soon king of Israel, this, this incident would have gone down, you know, in history. But when David had heard of Nabal's death, again, as I said, he said, praise you the Lord who has avenged the insult he received from Nabal and has kept him. In the end, David had given it over to God. God would avenge him and kept David from avenging himself. Let's stand this morning. Hallelujah. I don't know who this message is for, I think it's for all of us <laughs> as a church. You know, we can, it's always something good to have self-reflection when we think about, you know, our lives and our relationships, whether that be in the church, relationships in our family.